In today's show, we're going to look back at all of the action, seven games across the NBA from Monday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're supposed to have eight games to talk about today. It's only seven. The Dallas and New Orleans game had to be postponed due to Dallas's COVID issues. So we've got those seven and then we're supposed to have seven to talk about tomorrow. But we've only got six because... The Boston and Chicago game has been postponed. Let's talk about the games that we did have, though. And let's get stuck straight into that right now. The first game up for us to look at is the wrong screen that I just showed you. Um, that is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. Pretty comfortable win in the end for the Bucks. 121-99, another blowout. Yanni played just 27 minutes, 22-6-4 with two blocks. Hurt your free throws as usual, but a big night. While Chrissy Middleton had 20 and 10 in 30 minutes, and Middleton just remains amazing. He's the 17th ranked player this season and is continually doing it and amazingly missed a free throw, but everything else has been awesome. While Punchbob played 25 minutes. Um, yeah, again, it helps that it was a blowout. It helps that Giannis played only 27 minutes, but he's getting it done. And this Bucks team is going to be in a lot of blowouts. So 20 points, five rebounds, but we see what happens with Portis. When he doesn't play these 25 minutes and there's not a blowout, he is squeezed. But it's just happening so often that it is hard to ignore. I don't believe it's going to be a long-term thing that he maintains this level of production. But hey, while it's rolling, go by all means. It's not for me, but by all means, do it. Brookie Lopez, the shot's not really falling, but three steals and a block is nice. Six points is not that great. I'm still holding on to him. Holiday had 11 points in 30 minutes, while DiVincenzo, only nine points, but three assists and two steals. Pretty good numbers. He remains a top 85 player player over the course of the season. For the Orlando Magic, Aaron Gordon, 35 minutes. So the minutes restrictions are over for Gordo, so that's great news. 21 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. We saw this from him at the end of last season. We saw it in preseason, flashing the playmaking, but he produced right across the board. This is a great opportunity for him without Fultz and without uh, Fournier to put up some good numbers, while Vooch continues to be amazing. 28 and 13 with 5 assists. Um... Not great from Cole Anthony. I am giving him a, a few more games, but 12 points in 23 minutes, 31% shooting. We knew he was going to be rough on the shooting, but he's not generating assist numbers either, which is a concern. If you want to drop him, by all means, do it. His upside's not that high that you have to hold him under every circumstance, but I'd probably give him a couple more games. Deep leagues, you've got to go the bone zone. Jordan Bone, 29 minutes, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 threes for Boner. Um... Minus 27 is pretty rough. He's not that good, but he's going to be into that rotation. Maybe that changes when Carter Williams is back. Mo Bumba, good to see him out on the court. Wasn't great, but eight points in 11 minutes. Well, Kim Birch, he'd been rolling along. I wanted to see how he did. He didn't do that well. Two points in 19 minutes. This is more what we expect from him. Dwayne Bacon had 11 points, nothing else, but had 11 points in 28 minutes, while Ennis had three points in 15 minutes. And how this all looks when Fournier and Carter Williams return, and even Okiki, how the Ennis and Bacon minutes are distributed is key. Terrence Ross in a real stinker at the moment. Just no shots at all. Six field goal attempts is so weird. 
four points with three assists and two steals. He is still worth holding in a 12-team league, but um, he's always going to be a player who goes up and down. That's just been the Terrence Ross experience basically through the entirety of his career. Next game we look at the Phoenix Suns, just obliterated by the Wizards, 128-107. Devin Booker, well, I think the free throws are fixed, 10 of 10 from the uh, line. 52% 52% from the field. That's fine. Zero assist. And I said this the other day. Look, I'm not sure the assists are coming back. I think the free throws will. And I, I, I don't think the assists are coming back. 33 points with you know, a triple one and zero assist is great. Well, but is it? It's not where we expected him. And I think our expectations for him should be recalibrated. Chris Paul, 14, 5, and 11 in 36 minutes. That's good to see him getting back in, into business. While DeAndre Ayton, he's just not good. Monty Williams post-game said that they needed to change the starting lineup. They're not going to bench Aiton, are they? I think Jay Crowder's in real trouble. He's in massive trouble in this starting spot. But Aiton's terrible. Like He's not playing well. Um, but maybe this is who he is. Now, I guess uh, when I'm saying terrible, I'm doing what I shouldn't do. And that is basing it again on you know, where he was picked in the draft and the guys that came after him. But this is just totally mediocre 25th best starting center in the NBA caliber performance. And we thought that he was flashing some good stuff, but on a team that's good, he, he's not. Eight and six in 25 minutes for him. Uh, Cameron Johnson, only 18 minutes. This dude needs, needs to play more, although he was a rough team worst, minus 25, so maybe that's part of it. But he's not the must-roster 12-team league guy that some might think he is. And 14 points in 25 minutes for McCall Bridges. Strong life from Sharich, 13 and six in 20 minutes. There's no way they start small and put Sharich in over eight, and is there? Surely not. Oh, well, it's going to be interesting to see. No Russell Westbrook and the Wizards had a big win. 35 minutes for Beal, 34, 8, and 9, two steals and a block. They're up 20 with like six minutes to go, and Beal was still, and there was no need for that. But Scott Brooks you know, talks his usual bullshit. Oh, yeah, we don't practice that much. That's cool, but it's, it's literally a risk that doesn't need to happen. It's not about even necessarily fatigue and wear and tear. Like, break a leg, tear an ACL. Like, that sort of shit can happen when you're not, you don't need to be out there. Big night from Davis Bertans, all threes, 18 points, six dribbles, nothing else, but that's what he does. While Rui Hachimura struggled once more, 10 points in 28 minutes, I'll maintain he's not a 12-team league guy. The center battle, 26 minutes for Lopez, 22 for Flaming Mo Wagner. Um, 9 and 6 for Wagner, 11 11 for Lopez. I still want Wagner over Lopez. Lopez is more of a 14-team league guy. He's got absolutely zero upside, but... Um, Wagner, he probably needs a little bit more than those 22 minutes um, to be a total must-roster 12-team league player. And the worry I had there, because some people were telling me, now, Denny Avdia is going to be the guy who benefits from Tom Bryant's absence. It just wasn't the minutes there. 20 minutes, six points. Like He is not a 12-team league guy. Just how he fits into that rotation it means they'd have to play Rui and Bertans at center a lot to get him enough minutes, and I just don't think that's something they're going to do. Also, shout out to Garrison Matthews, who's significantly better than Jerome Robinson and supplanted him today. 11 points with three threes in 21 minutes. Just at least a name to watch for your deeper leagues. <sighs> NFL playoffs. Are you a Browns fan? Are you a Bills fan? Because apparently they're in the playoffs and they're going well. But if you want to put your knowledge to the test or across NBA games, which I'm sure you know all about, you can do that. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Do it. You, you guys are smart because you listen to this podcast, clearly, and you listen to the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can put that knowledge to the test. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, next game. Um, 
Gee, was shocked to see the Knicks get blown out in the second night of a back-to-back. 109-88. Mitchie Robinson, 33 minutes. 12-11, and 11, two steals, two blocks, 50, 100% from the field. And another yeah, really strong game. While the fort, Kevin Knox. Is it a Knox resurgence? It's not, but he played well. 19 points, also had a 28 usage on 41% shooting. Um, don't get too excited there. 15-6-4 for Peyton in 31. He's a 12-teamer. While Austin Rivers started in place of Reggie Bullock and look, played 38 minutes and still only had 13-4. I am not convinced that he's a 12-team league player. Nolan's Noel got the defense going, but in 15 minutes, we can't trust that. While Julius Randle, the double royal... Um, this is what I was worried about. I said this on What to Watch and in the DFS preview. Is that on a back-to-back, how's his shot and his legs going to look? Yeah, 22%, 11-5-5. At least he only played 30 minutes. Well, RJ Barrett, man, this guy is actually... Is he the worst... In a non-Devontae Graham world, is he the worst shooter in the league? He probably is. 11 points, missed all five of his threes, 28% from the field. He's a 216th ranked player in fantasy despite playing... 38 minutes a night. In a 12-team league, I don't know how you can deal with it, honestly. I don't think you can deal with it. He's just not good. Well, we also got 29 minutes of Emmanuel quickly. They weren't good minutes. Three points on one of 10 shooting, and this is, again, something that I stressed, that he was shooting like 70% from two when he was a 40% guy in college, and it was going to come down. And it's come really hard. And if I had my giggity button ready, giggity. I'd play it. Like this... I, I just don't see any way that he is playing a, a significant role in 12-team leagues. No Alec Burks, no Reggie Bullock. They're going to push quickly out of that rotation. I'm pretty confident. Eight-man rotation from Thibodeau on the second night of a back-to-back. Why, why wouldn't you when you could use Jared Harper or Theo Pinson or Iggy Brisdakis? You might want to push those players as much as possible. Idiot. Um, there's the goodwill towards Thibodeau that I, even I had. Hey, mate, they're winning some games. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how it lasts after everyone's um, you know, legs fall off. The Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, they, I've already said the Knicks. What am I talking about? The Hornets, they get the win. Gordo Haywood, massive, massive value in that fourth round where you drafted him. 34-3-3. and three. He's the 25th ranked player. While LaMelo Ball struggled with his shot early, but it doesn't even matter with this bloke. 8-14-7, three steals, a block, two threes on 23% shooting. Devontae Graham looked at that and went, shit, man, how are you such a good shooter? And that's one of LaMelo's worst games. Uh, he'll be better than this, but... He absolutely is on no waiver wires. Don't tell me if anyone is watching this and you have Lamella Ball on your waiver wire, please drop it in the comments and then self-flagellate because it's terrible. Why is he on your waiver wire? Devontae Graham hit some shots. Yeah, fair, fair play to him. 19 points on 47% with seven assists and three steals while Miles Bridges chips in the defense. That's what you look at Bridges for, I think. One steal and two blocks. Rogier had a bit of an off night, low usage, 12 points. While Paul Washington Jr. had been shooting well the last couple. Yeah, not so much here. Um, not his best night, just 13 points in 31 minutes. Biombo, I think, is a drop. His minutes are coming down as Washington is commanding more of that playing time at center, which I think is probably going to be his best position in the end. Next up, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix... Phoenix, Jesus. The Cleveland Cavaliers, 101 Grizzlies, 91 Cleveland. Dylan Brooks, my mate, 21 points in 31 minutes. A really good performance right across the board. Two threes, one steal, two blocks. Still 40% shooting, but big getting to the line, 88% there. While Tyus Jones, what does Tyus Jones do? Assists and steals. Seven assists, three steals. This is why you would have him. Kyle Anderson brought the nine assists as well. Only eight points. I think Addison's okay to hold on to for now. It is going to get ugly when Jackson returns and when Morant returns and when Winslow returns, just in getting enough minutes, but solid enough production there. While Brandon Clark, 
Uh, rough from the line, just a one of two there. 15-4. Look, he's totally fine in 12-10 leagues. I'm not sure if that's going to stick. While the Bain, Allen, Malton bench guard group didn't do enough to get us really excited in any direction. For the Cavs, Larry Nance. Big start to this one, 13-5 with three threes and two steals. While Damo Dotson, who was the late replacement for Colin Sexton. Now, Sexton was ruled in. And then just before the game tip, they said, nah, we're, we're right, you're out, Sexo. So they started Dotson, and he had another good game. 14-3-6, a steal and a block with two threes, at least worth streaming in for Tuesday, I would say. Chetty Osman still can't hit anything, but 14 points with four assists, and Drummond, uh, speaking of can't hit anything, his free throws are atrocious. Three of nine for 19-14, and 14, a steal and two blocks, but good counters. While Isaac Okoro got three steals and had 12 points. Pretty solid night. is more of a 14-team leaguer. If you are surprised that Yogi Ferrell plays for the Cavs, he signed a 10-day today, 17 minutes straight away with Sex Land out, uh, nine points, two steals and a block. So have a look at him in your 20 and 30 team leagues. I think that's probably the appropriate area to be targeting him. Next up is one that I haven't prepared. So I'll, uh, I'll go back to you in that one. All right. So the next game is uh, a big ass kicking. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks, 112 Atlanta, 94 Philadelphia. Isaiah Joe, we talked about how he had a lot of shots last game and couldn't convert them. Well, this time he did. Six of nine for 18 points, four assists, two steals. I think Joe's going to become an NBA rotation player, and we're getting a nice look at that. While Tyrese Maxey's strong again, 15, six, and four, two blocks. Way too many teams passed on Maxey in this draft. Embiid played only 23 minutes, but had 24 and 11, so that's good to preserve him for the back-to-back. While Dakota Matthias had 14, two, and four with two blocks. He's putting up some strong numbers, enough at least for a 14-team league stream. Uh, Dan Green, oh, that's what rough. Two points in 28 minutes, while Prison Mike Mike Scott had two points in 22 minutes. Rough nights from those guys. Green missed all nine of his shots. Can you believe it? They were also playing weird lineups with Howard and Bradley together and Howard and Embiid together. Just really a function of the nonsense of this uh, of these COVID restrictions. While Paul Reed, this bloke just puts up defensive numbers. Another three blocks for Reed, a name to watch. For the Hawks, Trey Young, is he back? Maybe. 26 points, eight assists, 25 minutes. That's awesome. While Brandon Good. Goodwin, yes, Brandon Goodwin, 15-4-4. Again, this is just a blowout, so it's hard to get too excited. I'm actually, whatever the opposite is of excited, that's how I feel about John Collins. 12-7, and and we still know Gallinari. He's going to return at some point, and I don't know where Collins' value goes. He's the 65th ranked player. Remember when he was ranked as the 12th ranked guy on Yahoo to begin the season? <laughs> that was ridiculous. 12-7 um, and seven in 24 minutes for Collins. I thought he'd be in the 40s. And even I look wrong, and I, and I don't think it's even gotten to as bad as it's going to get for Collins. Uh, I wouldn't say this is a, just a massive buy low because he's going to improve significantly. There's a chance that it actually gets worse from here for Collins, which is a worry. There is a lot happening there in Atlanta. John Ray Hunter, um, his big games again continue in limited minutes, 15 and 7. Really good stuff. At 12 and 11 from Capella, well, 10 and 5 for Reddish in a start for Bogdanovich. He's okay. I wouldn't be rushing for him in a 12 team. I'd probably look at Herder over him, but realistically, with how much of a blowout this game was, it's hard to take huge amounts of takeaways, even though I've just gone ahead and taken takeaways from it. If you want to take away one of the best deals in auto parts, Hey, rockauto.com, that is the one for you. Traditional brick-and-mortar auto stores, they go there, and they're going to have inflated prices, and they're not even going to have the parts that you want anyway. So the bloke's just going to have to go. Maybe he sneakily goes to rockauto.com anyway to order those parts for you, but they have different prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, not rockauto.com. The prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily drive, 
driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, on to the next game. Um, another one of these great late late games. The Blazers get the win in the end. 112-111 over the Raptors. Right down to the wire this one came. Triple-double from Pascal Siakam. 22-13-10. Over 50% shooting again. And after I had him on the buy low show last week, he has really started to come good, putting in some really strong performances. While the wiki, Chris Boucher, you know he's not on any waiver wires. 20 points, 32 minutes, 5 triples, 8 rebounds. Three blocks. We knew he could do this, right? We knew he could do it on a permanent basis. There's no surprise there. The surprise is Nick Nurse trusting him. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. But now that he is getting trusted, it's uh, it's really yeah, top 40, top 30 from here. It's big numbers coming from Boucher. Um, he started the second half over the inept Alex Lynn and probably will continue to do that. I would imagine Storm and Norman Powell, 20 minutes, 10 points, two triples. Really hard to consider him a must-roster player. Lowry had 18 and 9. The Jedi, OG Ananobi, he had 18 points. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. OG had 18 with four threes, three assists, a steal, and a block. He is the 87th ranked player this year, yet I continually get questions about whether he's a droppable player. Um, he is not. Alex Len played 10 minutes in his start. He had a steal and a block, so that's awesome. On to the Blazers, another big McCullum night. 30 points, six rebounds, five assists, and one steal. He is somehow maintaining this high level of usage with high level of efficiency. Um, good assist numbers, been really, really good. Lillard eh, hasn't been quite as good. In fact, McCullum's outperformed him this year. 23-7 and 5. That's still not a bad night. Of course, Yusuf Nurkic went down early on with a bruised quad. Two points in nine minutes. I'm still holding you. You know that. Um, hopefully, this injury is not too serious. Well, Ennis Cantor only played 16 minutes despite the injury. They played a lot of small ball with Mallow at center. Mallow played 35 minutes. 20 points, four triples, two steals, two blocks. What a performance from Kamal Anthony. Is he an ad? Of course he isn't. Mello doesn't get two steals and two blocks. He doesn't play 35 minutes a night. He's not this level of player. He's the 192nd ranked guy so far this year. This is great. That's a really nice performance, but it's nothing to get excited about. Robert Covington's struggles continue. I'm not dropping him, but Jesus, it's pretty hard at this point. Seven points with two steals and eight rebounds. The blocks, just forget them. They're not coming back. Well, speaking of blocks, that's the only thing that Derek Jones does. A steal, a block, four points in 19 minutes. He just is not good. In fact, he's actually horrible on the offensive end. He can dunk, and that's awesome. Well done, but he can't literally do anything else apart from provide defensive numbers. He is not a fantasy option for us. Um despite some of those intriguing defensive stats at times. All right, so on to the last game of the night, which was another close one in the end. The Sacramento Kings get the win over the Pacers, 127-122. 38 minutes for Malcolm Brogdon, 24-9 with a steal and four threes. His great season continues, as does Sabonis, who had 28-11 and and hit all of his free throws and a big night from Victor Oladipo. 21-4-4, but six steals. Now, he shot poorly, and he shot poorly over the last week or so. It's 38%, but those steal numbers are fantastic. And it was an explosion from Doug McDirt. 21 points for McDermott. 
on 80% shooting. Now, that is obviously not going to continue. Don't buy into McDermott as a 12-team league guy. Justin Holiday started, I guess, so they could play Aaron Holiday as the backup point guard, but Holiday has been bad, and he was bad again. 14 minutes, four points for Aaron Holiday with three steals, while Justin had eight points, two threes, five rebounds, and a steal. There is still four more games this week for the Pacers, so if you did add Justin Holiday, you're holding him, obviously, and Aaron Holiday, yeah, less of an interesting hold, but still a hold, especially with the likelihood that Oladipo, after playing 37 minutes, isn't going to be ready to go to play on Tuesday in the back-to-back. That's my expectation at this stage. For the Kings, 36 minutes for Rashawn Holmes on a bum ankle. 16 and 10, one steal, six blocks. Yeah, he's massive. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Now, of course, 71% shooting is not going to keep up, but 30 points in 38 minutes, eight rebounds and two threes. He is having his best season ever from a fantasy perspective. There is still some um, regression, I think, coming, especially in his shooting numbers. But for now, he is a 12-team league guy, and maybe he can remain as a 12-team league guy. That's really strong stuff. Buddy Heald, 31 minutes, 18 points with six threes, while Tyrese Halliburton, not his best night, but 12, three, and four, a steal, a block, pretty good. And I talked about De'Aaron Fox in the buy low show earlier today, saying we'd hope his minutes go up. Well, 39 of them here is pretty good. We'd hope his assists go up. Nine of them here as well. Hit two threes, 71 from the line, which is an improvement on his season number. So good to see all that coming together. I tell you who's not good, Marvin Bagley. I'll get to the other bloke in a second. Eight and seven for Bagley in 23 minutes. He did have two blocks. I wouldn't bother with him in a 12-team league. And this bloke. He is still rostered in 80% of advanced 12-team leagues, fantasy leagues. What are we doing? 10 minutes, 8 points. He is 100 times worse than Rashawn Holmes? Is that an underrepresentation? Okay, some of this is you know, me you know, making a joke and playing it up, but he's not very good. He just isn't very good, and he doesn't deserve big minutes. I, the reason I was thinking maybe he could be a late-round pick, mid-to-late-round pick, is that the Kings, they'd fall back in love with numbers, and they'd play him half the minutes with Holmes, when I clearly said a million times Holmes is significantly better and should play all of the minutes. The Kings have done the correct thing, and that is why Whiteside isn't playing. It's because he isn't very good. Simple as that, 8 points, 10 minutes. Do not bother with Hassan Whiteside in 12-team leagues. Let's have a look now at the top ads and drops. Uh, Flaming Mo Wagner. I reckon we'll come back tomorrow and we'll see Wagner's name dropped in quite a few spots, but I'm still holding him in 12-team leagues. Hamadou Diallo, 45% ads as well. I reckon he might fall off too. Let's see how he goes. Big, big watching of Hamadou Diallo. That's terrible English, but really going to be paying attention to what he does on Tuesday. Tyrese Maxey up 44%. Yep, the Sixers have got four more games this week. I understand that. And Danny Green, well, he was bad today, but he's up 24%, and I think he is a 12-team league guy. While the big fella, Gaz Harris. Um, he's up 18%, and look, he's shooting like 62% on his twos and still only 29% on threes. So there is some significant room for regression there for Harris, but for now, he's putting up some good numbers and it's worth looking at. On the drop side, of course, the tank Tom Bryant's down 34%. He's a drop. Josh Jackson down 19%. Happy to drop him in 12-team leagues. No concern there. Shake Milton down 13.7%. Of course, he's out for the first or the next three or four games. So he's a drop and was only really an option with Seth Curry out. Rudy Gay down 12.5%. The upside is absolutely not there for Gay, but he can be a back-end 12-team league player. While Jared Vanderbilt's down 9%. I reckon Vanderbilt's going to come back later in the year because they're playing him at power forward now. It's a slow creep from being the third-string center to playing backup center minutes to being backup power forward and maybe to becoming starting power forward. 
the path there is easy because the players ahead of him aren't good. And he's outperforming those guys. So he's just a name to watch. Uh, Deeper Leagues is a guy to hold on to for sure. The monstrous line of the night is Brad Beal of the Washington Wizards. Beal was fantastic again with another 34 points. He had eight rebounds. He had nine assists. There was no Russell Westbrook. He had two steals and a block. He shot 55 from the field and 89 from the line. Another absolute monster from Bradley Beal, who is, I believe, the fifth-ranked player this year. And your best rookie of the night was LaMelo Ball. Only eight points on 23% shooting, but two threes, 14 rebounds, seven assists, three steals, and a block. He's almost a top 50 player already. In the limited minutes, he has been very, very impressive so far. Let's have a look now at the action for Tuesday, um, where at this point, we've got six games scheduled. Let's see how they go ahead, and we're looking at fan dual pricing. All right, so the first game we look at, the Philadelphia 76ers. They're hosting the Miami Heat. No spread at this point. We don't know if this game's going to go ahead, but we know there's a bunch of guys out. Butler, Dragic, uh, Bam Adebayo, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Shake Milton. So when we look at minimum salary players, Precious Achua, who's probably going to be the starting center, his value is really there at 3,500. We have to like that. Tyler Hero is going to be massive at 5,600. I think you look a little bit at Andre Iguodala at minimum salary, but not as much as Achua and as at Hero. Well, Dunk Robinson at 45. There's some upside in him there. Uh, Torres Maxey at 52. Looked again pretty solid. On Monday in the back-to-back, and Embiid played so few minutes in that back-to-back, you'd have to assume he plays 9,700 against a depleted Heat team. Probably see more out of, uh, more Embiid, and the game is a game the Sixers can win, so he could be an absolute monster at that sort of price. We don't know if Ben Simmons is going to play. There is a chance that he's out there in 8,500. We'd have to look at that. If you want to look at some other flyers, I think Max Struess at minimum salary is worth a look. I think Gabe Vincent at minimum salary is worth a look, and 4,100 for Dakota Matthias looks to be okay, and the 3,900 for Isaiah Joe falls into that also uh, okay mode because this game, look, it's going to be stacked really heavily this game because there are so many cheap options, but picking the right one, which I think is Hero, Achua, and probably Maxi. And if you want to differentiate, it's probably going to be Struess. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of unknowns with that one. It's a weird one. We don't even know if the game's going to go ahead at this point. The Nuggets and the Nets, no Kyrie Irving again. So Karis Levert's at 7,900. It's high, though. He only had 33 last time out. Uh, that's pretty disappointing against the Thunder. He can be a little bit of hit or miss at times. I like him, but I'm not going to be just investing everything into it. Big Chungus is at 11,400. Nikola Jokic. It's a lot, and his last three games, he's averaging under 49. So I'm not sure I'd spend 11-4 on him. I think we look at Joe Harris at 49 as an interesting option. Um, but overall, there's not much value in this one. Durant at 10-1 looks pretty good, but I wouldn't say that it is you know, 100% brilliant. But it's probably the best outside of maybe taking a flyer on Levert or even looking at Gaz Harris at 4,600, who is looking uh, a lot better of late. Next up, it is the Jazz and the Cavs. Colin Sexton, will he play? He was named to play on Monday, didn't play. Will he be ready to go? Will Darius Garland be ready to go? Joe Ingles is also questionable. Boyan Bogdanovich has come down to 4,500, so there is some upside in him. He's had some big games against the Cavs in the past, and Rudy Gobert's at 8,000. Uh, Andre Drummond matchup shouldn't worry him too much, while the Drummond matchup against Gobert might be a concern. I'd rather save 1,800 and use Gobert, who is struggling a little bit at the moment, but 40 points I don't think should be considered too much of a... Um, too much of a stretch for him to get there. So that gives him some value. And I think it's value that people will be you know, maybe a little bit hesitant to go and uh, and seek out. So I do like Gobert 
at that sort of salary. Mitchell's at 78. Eh, not loving it. 71 for Mike Conley looks pretty good to me. While uh, you look at guys like Damian Dotson at 52, if we do have that Cavs backcourt ruled out again, he would be a really strong option. And the 51 for Chetty Osmond's okay, but I'd probably prefer Dotson at 5,200 over him. The Thunder hosting the Spurs. The Spurs are two and a half point favorites. The total is 216. No DeMar DeRozan, so Trey Lyles will probably get another start. 3,600, you've got to look at him there. I like Gildas Alexander, even though he's up to 85. And DeJounte should bounce back after a poor performance last time. I love Al Horford, though. 5,500 and the LaMarcus Aldridge matchup, I reckon, is one that suits him pretty well. Uh, Aldridge himself at 7,200 looks good. I like both of those guys matching up against each other. I think Johnson, uh, Kelton Johnson and Darius Baisley are priced a little bit too high. While MC, Hamadou, Diallo... He's at 5,500, putting up some good numbers, but that's on the back of like a 70% shooting. And I'm not confident that that's going to stick. And by not confident, I mean it's not going to stick. He's not that level of a shooter. And I think his price may have come up a little bit too high and it's going to eliminate a lot of that value away from him. Next up, it's the, not that one because that's canceled, the Lakers and the Rockets. The Lakers are five and a half point favorites. The total is 223. Dennis Schroeder's down at 5,500. I like that for Schroeder. While Jim Harden's at 10-4, obviously underperforming at the moment, Harden, but at 10-4, there's at least GPP value. I wouldn't be totally locking it in. Eric Gordon's questionable, as is LeBron, John Wall, and Anthony Davis. Gordon's numbers have been shit house the last couple. I would not want to use him. While LeBron at 9-9 always looks pretty good. Johnny Wall at 76 also looks nice. Nice to me, and 9,800 for Anthony Davis. I think he's a relatively good value play. There's no Wes Matthews here for the Lakers either, so we might get some more uh, Talon Horton Tucker type minutes. Well, not type minutes, his actual minutes. The Pacers and the Warriors back to back for the Pacers. We assume that Victor Oladipo is out on the back to back. So Justin Holiday at 45 looks great. 3,500 for Aaron Holiday also looks great. Coming off the bench on Monday uh, and Holiday starting, I think that's because of TJ McConnell being out, to be honest. Steph's at 96. Bit disappointing the last couple, but I'd be happy to go back with him. Same with Brogdon at 84. Not that Brogdon's been disappointing, but I'd go with Brogdon. And you've got Sabonis at 92, who I think is going to put up 45 uh, most nights, and that gives him good value. Not ready to go in with Oubre. And Wiggins at 66. He's probably just a little bit on the high side at this stage. That'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that bell for notifications. Leave that comment down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.